All right. I haven't done this in a while. It's going to be a short one. This is a podcast for Convo Courses. And um, let's get right into this. I've got a lot of questions and everything. I've been really focusing hard on courses and stuff. So that's why I've not been doing regular lives. But let's get into this. I got some really good ones here. And I want to start off with one about uh, going from the public sector, meaning the government, to the private sector, meaning like Google or Amazon or Northrop Grumman or Lockheed Martin or one of these other private contracting agencies. So somebody asked me, they said, hey, Bruce, it's been a minute. I need to catch up with all your uh, I needed to catch up with all your videos and recent updates. They said they're asking me about security controls training and stuff. And then they wanted to ask they, – they asked me if I had insight into whether they should go from uh, their current government job, which was with the federal government that's making about 70000 to – Another job they got offered for the private sector for 110, so like a $25,000 increase or something like that. 20, 25,000, give or take a couple thousand year a year, which is quite, which is quite significant. You do feel that when you have that extra thousand bucks coming in a month, that is significant. They said, to be honest, I just feel uh, we are so underpaid as civil servants. And uh, I'm ready to jump ship. This is good. Uh, this is a good company offering good benefits and even company stock. I will uh, never see this type of pay in the, as, in the civil servant arena. And I'm just and it says I want to know. I know it's a risk, but I also know that cybersecurity isn't going to go going away anytime soon. So what do you think? What do I think? Um, it, this opportunity is – this is an opportunity to make six figures. Okay, so I already responded to him, but I just wanted to share you, with you guys. And, and actually, I've had this question before and given my opinion about it. And I'll just give you the pros and cons and, and give you an, an idea of what – you know that should give you some idea of what you should do. I've worked in the public sector. For the government, I used I was active duty military, and I've worked with a lot of of a lot of civil servants. That's GS positions. I don't know what they call it now. I don't know if it's still GS, but I've worked with both both sides, and I've been done the private sector as a contractor, and I've done really good companies where I'm an employee of that good company, but it's in the private sector. What do I think about this? Um, so let's start with the pros of being a government worker. That's like military or a civil servant or or something like that. So just so you know, a civil servant, for those of you who don't know, is a it's an employee who works directly for the Department of Defense or directly for the DMV or directly for a state or federal service, right? So they don't get paid as high. Some of the cons are they don't get paid uh they they're not normally equal to the private sector private sector being your contracting agencies publicly traded companies and things like that they don't get paid a lot uh well not comp they get paid pretty good but not as it's not comparable to what you're getting paid in the in the free market out there 
Uh, so that's one bad thing. Uh, another th bad thing is that you're kind of capped. You're kind of there's there's not you don't go up in in rank or go up in pay fast. That's another kind of thing that's like kind of a negative thing. Like you will get paid more, but it's going to take fifteen. It's going to take five years. You know, not probably not fifteen years, but it's going to take a while. So the upward momentum is is definitely a little slower. Um, another bad thing is they tend to kind of put you in one spot and then you just stay there. Like you're kind of stagnant and so you're not moving around. You're not – unlike other careers you, you, in the private sector, you, you kind of tend to – you can move around and be flexible and learn different things. In the in the In my experience, in the public sector, you're kind of just like boom. You're just doing this one thing. And then that's it, right? So you kind of stagnate. And this is IT, so things are constantly moving in IT. So you kind of sometimes you feel like you're not keeping up with the with everything that's going on, technically speaking. Um, let me see what other private, what other cons do you have with the pri with the public sector? Um, I think though, for me, those are the main bad things about the public sector. The good things about the public sector is that you have job stability. For f without a doubt, that's the best thing. Job stability, you're not going to get it takes an act of Congress to get you fired. In some cases, literally, it takes a, a literally an act of Congress to get you fired. Um it's you have a lot of rights as a as a civil servant. You can literally talk to uh send a message to your congressman and they will listen if you're a military or if you're uh, working directly for a department. Um, another thing, so job security is really hard to fire you. They they usually have really good benefits, really really good benefits in the public uh, public sector. Yeah, way better than the private sector. Um, another good thing is sometimes if certain jobs you have, they're pretty good with about training you. Like if you have a job. You're stagnant in that job, but if it's if you can get training in that position, they'll they'll usually get you some kind of training in that position. That's another good thing. They're good about keeping you. That's again, that's the job security thing. You're not gonna lose a job. Um, I think those are the main things. And then the private sector, if it's a Lockheed or Northrop or SAIC or or Facebook or Google or whoever, right? AT&T, T-Mobile, whoever. Um, the good thing about – well, let's start with the bad first. So the bad things is that it's pretty cutthroat. Um, it's very competitive. It's cutthroat. If, if they don't need you, you're gone. They could fire you for almost any reason. They'll, they'll say, oh, well – you know, we just didn't need the the people. You know, it usually just comes down to money. Um, it's very, it can be very vicious in that way because it's it's just about money. They don't really care. Sometimes it feels like they don't really care about humans. Uh, that's one of the bad things. Um, another bad thing is it's not very stable, especially if you're doing pure contract work. Oh man, it, it's not good for your family. That's for sure. Because uh, you're you could end up switching around and all that kind of stuff. So the job security is not there. Um, what's another bad thing about it that I could say that I've seen? Um, there's no like loyalty. There's no like 
you know, normally, like, you would think a company is supposed to have your back, especially if you've been there for a while. But even, like, I know people who who are working for a company for, like, 10 years, and they just, boom, they just let you go. There's just no loyalty at all. It's just kind of sad, actually. Um, What else? It's usually their – sometimes their benefits aren't that good. That's another thing that I've found is kind of a negative thing about the private sector. Um their benefits are kind of like if you get with a really good company the benefits can be very close to what you get as a civil servant or as a military person but that's pretty rare to be honest with you um what other negative things can i say about it um it's i guess it's a negative and a positive it's very money driven like if they're not making revenue you everyone suffers <laughs> you know and it's it's just the more the less revenue they make and the less contracts they win the more you can see the writing on the wall somebody's got to go uh so that's another bad thing um positive things pay the pay is 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 pretty good especially in cybersecurity. the pay is is excellent um another good thing is if you're in a good field like cybersecurity, you know there's other fields too but if you're in a good field like Cybersecurity, normally, even if they let you go, you can get a job pretty quick somewhere else, right? Um, it's it's a it, it's a the market's just like constantly looking for new new blood, new people. Uh, we definitely need more people. It's not a shortage, especially in cybersecurity. Um, what else? What other things are positive about it? You you have more options to like if if you're especially if you're a technical person. There's there's going to be so many opportunities for you to, to grow, technically speaking, and to, to know more information. Sometimes it's just too much. They're constantly trying to uh, – you're constantly having to learn new things because they're constantly evolving with the technology. That's a, definitely a positive thing. It can be hard to keep up with it, but it's positive because you're constantly um, – on the bleeding edge of this of some new technology and it gives you the option of kind of going into all these other branches of it which is kind of cool um i say those are the main things so is it worth uh for the question of like a seventy thousand dollars in in uh Work for the federal government or the state government or whatever versus one hundred and ten thousand working for a private sector. I could tell you what I did. Um, it really depends on your situation. I would definitely factor in your things like your family, well, how much stability you want, what state you're in, and and I would factor all those things in. If you for for state for location, if you happen to be in a place where there's just not that many IT jobs or not that many cybersecurity jobs, and you don't want to move. And you're in a GS position. I would just stay in that GS position uh, because it's gonna you're gonna have to move, you know, to somewhere else. Potential. If you don't want to move, then that's gonna be a factor. If you happen to be in somewhere like um, the DMV area or Maryland, DC, Virginia kind of area, it's different for you because you're gonna have a lot of different jobs around there. So you could you could really venture into, especially if you're technical, if you have a lot of experience in IT or 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 cybersecurity or whatever, you can venture off on your own because you're going to be able to get a job quickly. You know, like in, in a place like that, you're going to be able to get a job uh, quickly. So if if I was in a GS position and I was living in those areas, I would I would seriously consider uh, going the private route. So 
what I did was I had that very offer. I had the reverse offer uh, given to me. I was making around, I don't know, at the time, 60000 or 80, how much was I making? I was around, I was making around 70, which for me, that was a, really a lot for me back then. And I had a family and everything. I had uh, a kid. And um, I um, was offered a GS position because all of our contracting positions were about to transition over to uh, private, to the federal government. And they sat me down. They brought me in and said, hey, hey, Bruce, like, we have this new position, as you know, and in about a year, we're going to have to transition all these positions over. And we want to keep all you guys, but it's the government's decided to make all these positions that you guys have into uh, federal positions. Like I would be a GS. And he broke down how much I would be paid. Like I I was making this X amount, 70 or whatever it was, and I was going to be making like something like 20,000 less, right? And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I I uh, I had several reasons. It wasn't just money, and I ended up leaving the job and making twenty more instead of twenty less. <laughs> so uh, the reason why I did that though was because a couple reasons. Number one was money, of course, but the other thing was I uh, I wanted to learn more. You know what I mean? And it just feels felt like that position was very stagnant, and I didn't like. Like, like, especially in that position I was in, I, I just thought that the civil servants were very, and I don't want to speak bad on, on all civil servants, but just where I was, they weren't growing, you know, they'd been there for like 15 years, I think the average age of those people were like 60, they were old, uh, older crowd, they weren't technical, they weren't growing with the times, they were just like, they're about to collect a second retirement, many of these people. A second retirement. They were already, the average age was like 60. So I was like, I want to learn more. I want to get, I want to get my feet wet in more tech. I was already losing my technical skills. So, so yeah, it was the money, but, but also I wanted to grow in another direction. At the time, I had like this side business I was doing. I thought that that was going to do well, and it didn't, by the way. But <laughs> those are the reasons why I did it. So I hope that helps somebody out there because I do get that question from time to time. And I know that's a, a question that some people are are struggling with as far as what what to do, whether you're a civil servant or you're going to private sector or whatever. Hope those pros and cons help out. All right. Let me uh, address some of the questions here. Hey, uh, Noel, how are you doing? And um, Mr. CEO, how are you? It says, how long does it take to get a clearance from the government agency in the cyber field. Okay, this is a good question. And somebody asked me another clearance question about how to get a clearance. So I'm going to address one at a time here. We'll start off with how uh, how long does it take to get a clearance from the government agency in the cyber field? Okay. Um, let me see. So... It really depends. Um, this isn't a, this isn't like a black and white uh, question. This is, it really depends on the situation. Uh, if you happen to go into a job that requires it and they're going to get it for you, it. How long has it taken for me? So I've had a clearance for so long that normally. So what they'll normally do if you already have had a clearance in the past. It's like for me, I, I'd already had one. I've had one since I was a kid. 
because I went into the military when I was like eight. No, I was like 19 when I went in the military, and I got a, a clearance when I when I went in. As I was a I was a police officer in there, so I had to have one. So when I got out of the military years later, like eight years later, and I was in IT and stuff, um, all they did was reactivated my my old clearance, and so that that took. Uh, man, one time it, it, my clearance had not been deactivated. So it, it was literally like got in, it took like them maybe a few weeks to process it. They just, they had this, they had this database where it's called J pass, I think. And it has like a database of all your information. So my information was still in there. So it literally only took them getting in there, verifying that I still had a, an active clearance, or just reactivating it, and that it, whenever they reactivated, that took probably man like a few weeks. It just takes them long enough to get in there, and it depends on the clearance too. That's another thing. So if it's a secret clearance, it's pretty fast. If it's a top secret clearance, those first of all those expire. Not expire is not the word for it. Anyway, they they expire uh, sooner than the than the security the secret clearances. Secret clearances, I think, last. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, anybody out there, but I think they last like ten years or five years. I can't remember. And the TSs last like two years or something. I don't I don't remember. But so if if you already had one in the past, they could just reactivate it, and that's pretty fast. If you've never had one, if you've never had a clearance. Then that really depends because then they have to do what's called a background check on you. Um, basically, it's a full-blown investigation, a background investigation on you. I think it's called SSBI. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. I don't, this is not my field here, so I don't really – but they have some kind of a, um, a process where they investigate your background and they and that could take a while. Like It depends on the type of clearance. Like a, secu- a secret clearance can take a few months. Uh, or, or a few weeks, like it depends on like, if you, you're fresh out of high school, uh, you, you know, you really, you've never moved around before you're, you're, you're us by birth. You've never been to any other countries. It's going to be, you've never been married. You, you, you just got credit. You don't have any, a house or anything like that. You've never had a bankruptcy. You don't know many people. You're very young. You're single. You know, it's not going to take them long to do the investigation. Because what they do with the investigation is they look at your credit history, they look at your how many countries you've been to, they talk to every all the some of the main people that you know in your life. So obviously, if you if you've been married twice, you know if you <laughs> if you've been divorced before, if you have tons of credit and you're you're an older person who's been to fifteen different countries and your wife is foreign and half your family is from Greece or something, it's going to take them a longer time to investigate you. It could take I've seen it take upwards of a year to investigate a person, um, a a year, you know, eight months. Or two a year is like the longest I've seen somebody investigate. And in that time frame, they had like what's called an interim security clearance. So I've seen that before. If you if you're fresh off the you know fresh out of high school, like I said, you're single. You've only been a one. You've only been in the U.S. 
it, it could take them probably, uh, you know, a month or whatever to do the background investigation and they're done. They go to your high school records, talk to a couple of your teachers, talk to your mom and dad, talk to your neighbors, and then you're done. And, and again, it does depend on the type of clearance because secret clearances are pretty are easier. Top secret clearances where they act literally talking to your neighbors and all kinds of crap. So, um, yeah, so it really depends on the. That's what I'll say. The shortest one I've that I've had is very quick because I already had a clearance. Um, but the longest I've heard about somebody having is like a dude who came from another country. He was a naturalized citizen. He, you know, he's an older guy. He's been, a, you know, literally like eight months. You know what I mean? So it depends. Like, you know, I'm sorry that maybe that wasn't a, a very good, uh, clear answer for you. But that's, you know, it really depends on the person in the situation. Okay, I've got some questions over here to answer. And I'll get to those, but somebody else is asking me a clearance comp uh, question. They said, "How do I get a clearance even though I am eligible? Even though I am, even though I am eligible." Okay, so he wants to know how to get a clearance. So there's a couple. There's a couple ways. Um, first of all, let's 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 talk about the eligibility. So eligibility means that you have to be. Uh, an American citizen. It depends on the clearance. So, um, public trust clearance clearances. I think you can be a green card holder for public trust. And a public trust clearance is for who has public trust clearances. Some people in like NASA and some of the sciences, where it's like you might you're not dealing with classified information. But it's just it's just sensitive. It's kind of sensitive information. So they just want to know that they can trust you. Um, and it's just like a simple background investigation. They like looking at your credit history and they might look and see if you have like any felonies or something. I don't know what they actually look at, but it's not very intense. They're not talking to neighbors or family or anything like that. Public trust is is like a lower level uh, clearance. I think the IRS has public trust levels. There's then there's levels to it. I think it goes from one to like six or something like that. Uh, IRS has those. Um, I think some banks, financial institutions have them. I think possibly some hospitals, NASA for sure. Uh, and then there's some other agencies in government government uh, that don't deal with like super sensitive stuff. Then you have your your Secret clearance, top secret, and then you have caveats. Like you have top secret with these different letters, which I don't even know if I'm allowed to say, <laughs> to be honest. So I'm not even going to go there. But let me show you how you would actually get one of these clearances. This is not secret information. Um, this is just. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to, you can follow along with me. Go to the handy dandy indeed.com. And I meant indeed.com. Indeed. I'm just typing on the other side here, so bear with me, guys. Indeed.com. This is one way, by the way, to find a clearance um, to, to get one. So what you would do is, okay, I'm, I'm not, you're not able to see Indeed here. So what I'll do is, how can I do this? There we go. I want you to see more of Indeed.com like that, maybe? Okay. I'm on Indeed.com, and I'm going to look for a job that requires a security clearance. So what you can do, there's a couple ways. Um, there's a site called USAJobs.com. 
you have clarencejobs.com and you have Indeed. You, you, you can go to LinkedIn, whatever. You're going to search for a job that, that um, has a clearance that will get you a clearance. Okay, so some jobs they'll say this requires a clearance, but if you're eligible, we they will do the background investigation. There's not that many jobs like that, like this, because it costs them money to actually get you the background investigation. But if you have the skill set that they want, they'll be willing to pay for your background check and, and do it for you. Another way is to get a job in the government, like if you are military. They're going to give you a clearance. They're going to pay for all everything you need to get a clearance. But it depends on your job. If you work in supply or if you work in logistics or if you work in I don't know, services or something, you probably you might not even need a, a clearance. you know. But if you're a civil servant or a military active duty person or guard, national guard, or if you're uh, any any kind of branch of the military or, or agency, then th – and then you're doing a job that's special operations or inte intelligence or computers or when you're handling sensitive data, then, yeah, you're probably going to need a clearance. Anyway, so what you could do is here I am on Indeed.com. You can type in, uh, well, oh, home row keys, security, clearance. I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants here, guys. I'm just just giving you some ideas that you could do. Security clearance. And I spelled it wrong. <laughs> Security clearance. Okay, there we go. And and so it's going to search for jobs that uh, either require security clearance. And I apologize, it's cutting off part of it here. So let me see. Let me see if I can do something different here. Let me see if I can. Nope, that's not going to work. I'll try to see if I can show my screen. Bear with me here for one second. I normally have all this stuff set up in advance, but today I'm kind of slacking. Um, okay, I know what I'll do. I'll just move me over a little bit, see if that works. Um, dang, why can't it? Why is it doing that? That's really weird. Oh, oh, okay. Just do this. And I still messed up. <laughs> Why is it doing that? Okay, let's just do this. And then let's just do... I got some kind of weird configuration on my computer here to do this split screen stuff. So that's why it's doing this. Anyway, okay, so now you can see a little bit of what I'm seeing here. So these are not the jobs I'm looking for. Well, okay, here's one. If you happen to be a software engineer, must obtain and must. Okay, here's one right here. If you are a software engineer, all I did was type in security clearance. And, and I'm looking for jobs that require security clearance. So you would go here, and this is breaking down everything that they're wanting to see for security uh, for this junior software engineer. And this job right here, I think, would actually pay for your clearance. I'm trying to find out because it said you, you must be able to obtain a security clearance. And what that means is what that means is they will get the clearance for you. Employee must 
excuse me, employee must begin work with an interim. It'd be great if I could actually read this, which show you guys what I'm seeing here. Uh, okay, anyway, it says employee can begin uh, work with an interim secret clearance, must obtain and maintain a secret security clearance. And what that means is uh, they will get it for you and then you'll start off with interim, meaning they're investigating, doing a background investigation on you. In the meantime, they'll give you interim and they'll give you limited uh, access to some sensitive information. And then you have to get one in that time frame. That means that you there, there can't be anything in your background that would make it so that you cannot get uh, that clearance and if and if something came up to where you can't get the clearance you can't get they'll have to let you go you can't get the job so to answer the question here how do you get that clearance you could find a job all I did was go to indeed.com and type in secret clearance um, or you could I could have typed in type normally top secret clearance require you to have one but secret clearance public trust clearance you would type that in and then it will come up with a bunch of jobs that require clearance and then a lot of these some of these jobs will actually get it for you but you have to be eligible to get it so that's hope that answers your question about that and of course the other way to get it is just to get into a military position not military but any kind of government it could be um, one of the three letter agencies FBI CIA you know one of those agencies uh, that will require you to have a clearance or um, NSA, whatever, uh, or the Department of Defense, that's another one, you know. So um, any one of those might be able to, depending on the position, would get you a clearance. All right, there's that one. Okay, I've got a couple questions here from, from people who are on here. Thanks for watching, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, let me see. CEO says, how valuable are the clearances uh, or uh, there are different levels of clearances. Which can which can you help in the private? Which ones can help you in the private sector to get you a job uh, and a good position? That's a, actually a good question. What's with all the what's with all the clearance questions? <laughs> you know why people are asking these clearance questions? Because clearance questions, and this will answer your question, CEO too. Clearances get you more money and jobs, um, and it thins out the herd. So why do you want a clearance, and which ones are the most valuable ones? Obviously, the higher the clearance, the more valuable it is. And just to give you an example of how valuable some of these clearances are, a TS clearance, a top secret clearance, costs a lot of money for a company to actually do for you. Um, so for them to shell out the money that it takes, the thousands of dollars that it takes to get you that clearance, you have to have a pretty – your skill set has to be very valuable to them. If you, does that, I hope that makes sense. So to, to answer your question, the higher the clearance, the, the more valuable it is. And um, if you already have a clearance – they are over they're they're willing to overlook some skill sets you, you might not have you know because they'll they have to think hmm well this guy doesn't have a cissp he, he, he has a security plus okay but 
The position requires a CISSP, but he does have a top secret poly. And we can't find, it's hard to find people with a top secret with a polygraph. And what that means, by the way, top secret is one level, but then top secret has all these other levels to it, like these other little levels. And one of them is called poly. That means you took a polygraph. It's super hard. I've never done it before, but a friend of mine told me about it. And he said, and I can't, I don't know how much I could say, talk about it, but basically it's just a lie detector test. And they ask you all these weird, weird ass questions. It, and it's a pain in the ass. And a lot of people don't even want to go through with it. And a certain kind of, it, it seems to attract a certain kind of people. I don't know. I, I really don't want to get involved with that world anymore, to be honest with you. I'm so done with that BS. But uh, it's just, ah, it's just, I guess why I'm so frustrated with it is because you, if you have a clearance that that's, is that's that high, you got to be in what's called a secret compartmentalized facility. Uh, it's it, There's no windows there. You have to go through four or five levels of security into some building. It's just a pain in the ass. And, and it's just, it's very restrictive, you know, and then they want to, know parts of your life and stuff it's like dude i'm just want to make money i'm not trying to be a part of this crap you know so yeah it's more valuable they're gonna pay you're gonna get paid more you know to have that clearance and to be working in these secret environments and stuff like that um is it worth it you know is what you got to ask yourself but let me see if i'm answering your question here it says um how valuable is the clearance? It's pretty valuable depending on the level. Top secret being the highest one. Public trust, less so. But, uh, you know, let me see. It says, um, which can you, which can help you in the private sector? In the private sector, okay, now that's, a, that's a good addition to this question. So in the private sector, they, uh, private sector does require clearances. So private sector being like your Lockheed, Martin, your SAIC, your name, name some Mantech, whatever, you know, small companies. They use, they require them because they're, a, a lot of them are getting the contracts from the U.S. government. So they have to have people who have these clearances. And normally, Normally, those guys, those companies are the ones who are looking for people to already have the clearance. So it's very valuable to have it. In the, and it depends on the industry. Like, obviously, if you're working for Facebook or if you're working for, I don't know, Amazon or something, you know, and you're an IT guy, they're not normally going to want a clearance. And now I did see a couple Amazon jobs where they're working with government for on cloud or something, and they did require a clearance. But you know, for most of their jobs are not clearance based, but so it depends on the industry that they're in. So, for example, if it's a con giant contracting agency or company, uh, they're typically going to look for people who already have a clearance. Like if it's a contracting, staffing job uh, company, that meaning all they they don't have the skill set on hand. They they find people with the skill set. They win the contracts and then they, they get you who already has a clearance and then they put you in this position and then they they get the, they have the money from the from NSA or whoever and then they pay you a portion of that money, you know. So they're looking for people with the clearance already. So it depends on the answer to your question, it depends on the type of industry that they're in. Like if they're getting contracts for 
the government, then that's when they are going to want a clearance. You to have a clearance. Okay, let me see. Somebody said, um, if I'm going to look for a secure a cybersecurity job in the private industry, do I still need a security clearance? Another security clearance question. <laughs> um, so no, um, no, you don't. You don't have to have a security clearance in cybersecurity. So cybersecurity. First of all, let's let's talk about this. Okay. So cybersecurity is a huge field. So it's, it's huge. It's it's not just working for the government. It's not just um, securing government systems or whatever. Uh, cybersecurity is a huge field. It includes cryptography, um, crypto analysis. That's like encoding uh, information, decoding, and breaking codes. Right. Um, it includes um, forensics. That's um, digital forensics, where you're um, taking apart, taking a hard drive, and then looking at the data on the hard drive, uh, looking at the ones and zeros to make sure you find certain information on there. Right. You've got network engineers. You've got firewall ad administrators. You've got system administrators who who put security features on systems. You've got um, compliance, which is what I do, cybersecurity compliance, which is like dealing with laws, regulations, things like that. Um, you've got risk assessors. You've got security control assessors. You've got auditors. You've got, um, oh, man. So you've got a whole realm just within cybersecurity. In that realm, in all these different categories, and there's hundreds that I didn't even that I didn't mention: information system security officers, information system managers, uh, analysts who all they do is look at code. Uh, you've got uh, security uh, software security people. You've got all just all kinds of branches and different categories of cybersecurity. So it's huge. In in this huge field, you've got people who don't do any do and who never touch anything that's classified you don't you have people who who um only look at pci stuff so they don't might not need a clearance you have um you've got tons of people in there who don't necessarily need a clearance quite a few of us do have to have a clearance because you're dealing with sensitive information sometimes you're 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 at some point you may have to see a comp an organization's information right so you, you're gonna have to see information that's sensitive or proprietary or something like that and so that's why uh you do have a lot of us in here in this field that have some kind of clearance and it's not always a top secret clearance or a secret clearance sometimes it's a public trust clearance and but yeah I, i've had jobs where i didn't need a clearance like my last let me think a couple of jobs ago i didn't need a clearance just recently i needed a public trust clearance but couple of jobs ago i didn't need um that's a weird thing to say a couple of jobs ago i just <laughs> i was a contractor for a long time i was jumping from position to position but like i don't know a couple of positions ago i did not need one at all I mean, they asked me if i had one but they never used it i didn't have i didn't i wasn't i didn't have access to any kind of secret topsy any of that stuff i wasn't in a skiff i wasn't nothing none of that stuff so to answer your question no you don't always need 
a clearance. Uh, there's tons of jobs that are doing cybersecurity where you don't need a clearance. Like if, if you're on a firewall, you don't necessarily need a clearance for a firewall. You know, you're just blocking uh, bits and, and bytes going through the, the network. You're not necessarily reading people's logs or anything like that. You're not touching proprietary information. So the answer to your question, no, you don't always need a clearance to to get into cybersecurity. It helps you to get jobs. That's why it's talked about a lot. If you're wondering, like, why does everybody talk about clearances? What's the deal with it? It makes it it makes you more money. So, um, so that's that's the reason why people talk about it a lot in cybersecurity, and that's why people keep asking me because it, it it's definitely a way to make more money. It's definitely a way to to uh, weed out a lot of people because you got to be. There's so many things that weeds out people. Number one, you got to be a U.S. citizen to get certain clearances. So that right there, you're not competing against any any green heart card holders. You're not competing against anybody from any other countries. That just right away separates you from so many other much other competition. Another thing is not many people have them. Uh, another thing is if you have it and you have IT experience, that that's a n- whole nother. Like it's just weeding out people, you know what I mean? So, and then like the companies and the organizations have less and less people to choose from. And that's why the clearance gets very valuable. And that's why the clearance actually adds to you making, potentially making more money. Okay, let me see. Looks like I, somebody said I skipped their question. Uh, Tony says, hey, Bruce, you skipped my question. Um, I don't see your question here. Did you ask your question here? I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it pop up, and I haven't gotten to my my actual questions here. I'm gotten people asking me. Could you ask your question again, Tony? I, I, I'm not seeing it here. I see. Let me see. CEO says some private sectors require clearances. Yes, that's true. At eleven thirty nine. Let me see. Oh, you mean you asked the question in the comments here? Um, let me see here. It must have filtered out your question because I'm not. I am not seeing it unless you're talking about the comments here. Um, let me see. And for those of you who are joining me late, um, I I normally do these every week where I'm I'm interfacing with people, answering questions directly um, where I can. And I, I haven't been doing this lately because I just I just uh, been focusing really hardcore on on training and getting courses out there, working on some big courses. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Here. Here we go. And this is for four weeks ago. Um. This is Tony Martin's. I'm seeing your. I'm seeing your stuff for four weeks ago. <laughs> I swear, man. I do, I do not see your question anywhere from 11:39. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. Okay. I see the one from 30 from from three weeks ago though. <laughs> if that's what you're talking about. Okay, I'm gonna keep asking questions, Tony Martin. You gotta ask me the question over again, man, because I'm I'm getting buried here. This is cra- this is crazy. Why is 
am I getting so many questions? Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, Headspace Timing says, they will probably do a local record check before the interim. Yeah, maybe. I'm, you know, I'm not sure of all the details. I can tell you a little bit about mine. Like, I have some... I've had up to a TS clearance, and I could tell you, like, they were asking questions from my neighbor. They talked to my neighbor. It freaked me out. Um, the, first of all, they have you fill out this huge form, like uh, this 30-page form that goes into your entire history of people you knew, countries you've been to, how long you lived at certain houses. I mean, it's very thorough. Family members, if you if you have any foreign family members, if you and all these weird questions about whether you're a terrorist and stuff, or you know, just all kinds of stuff, right? And the more, the higher the level of clearance, the the deeper it goes. So that's that question, that questionnaire, and I can't remember the name of the questionnaire. Tell me if you guys remember what it's called. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't remember what it's called. I haven't filled it out in a long time. Thank, thank God. But uh, <laughs> so they ask you this huge list of stuff, right? And then there's a second layer. So whether they take this thing and then they they read through it and stuff. And then also they're asking questions. And TS Clarence, they were literally asking not only my family members and ex-coworkers, but my neighbors across the street who I rarely even talk to. They talked to my, my – I knew this because my neighbors told me. That they talked to my, they they told me that they talked to him, <clears throat> and then another one they sat me down and had an interview with me and like I had a, <laughs> had an interview. I was visiting my mom and the dude meets me. I'm from I'm in Colorado. I visited my mom in California. They had a dude in California meet me there as I'm visiting my mom, and we sat there and he's it's it's some spy crap. It's it is insane, like how level, how how deep these guys go to investigate you. It's real, like it gets real. That's why I'm always surprised when they when they find these dudes. They find out these dudes who have been like agents from another country for a long time, right? Because they're very thorough. I mean, I'm just like, how did they miss this dude who's a spy for for this other country? You know what I mean? It's it's crazy how deep they go. All right, let me see. Are there any questions besides security clearances? Uh, let me see. MD says, what is the average salary for a cybersecurity role with three to four years of experience in the Philadelphia area? Okay, this is easy to find out. So you can go to a couple of different places to find this out. You can go to... Um, in, Indeed used to be a really good place to find this, but another one's called Glassdoor. Glassdoor.com is another one that was really good to find this kind of information out. And let me uh, let me let me adjust my screen here. You want to know what is the average amount somebody makes from the state? from philadelphia and let me just i'm going to switch things up on my screen here glassdoor is is another place you can check and tony martins i see your question man i, I haven't forgotten you let me show you 
some stuff here. So, okay, I'm on Indeed.com, but you can use, you can actually use other other stuff than this, okay? Um, this is just one site. Glassdoors, we'll, we'll try next. But first of all, let's type in, what did you say, cybersecurity? Cybersecurity, that's kind of broad to be honest with you, but we'll just put what you what you ask here. Cybersecurity, because normally you, in a role, you, it doesn't say uh, cybersecurity. It says like information system security officer or information assurance officer or something like that. But let me show you here. So we're going to say you said Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Philly, Philly, Philadelphia, PA. Those fine jobs. And it used to have like a breakdown over here. But if you look at this. It'll have the how much money right here. And then you probably want to, you said three years, right? Three years of experience. So that's about, that's not necessarily entry level. It's about mid-level. Mid so let's say mid-level. So you're going to see some prices here. So operation manager, it's 100 to 138000 a year at a security operations center. But... You said three to four years of experience, so I'm assuming that's not a manager. Um, information assurance specialist. Let's look at this one. How much did this guy make? So they'll sometimes they'll have the how much this job is worth over here. Off the top of my head here, I'm thinking it's upwards around 80 to 90 in Philly, but I'm not totally sure. Information insurance manager, IT security analyst. It's not it's not really giving me prices here anymore. And that's just unfortunate because they used to have a breakdown unless I'm doing something wrong over here. Let me see. Estimated salary. Okay, here we go. So let's say let's say so we can filter it. Let's see. Find salaries. Let's see what this does. Oh, here we go. This is a new feature right here. Let's say cyber. Okay, hold on. Can you guys see the screen here? No, you can't. Okay, here. Let me show you something. There you go. Okay, now you should be able to see the screen. All right, let's, let's type in. And what I did here is I just went to. Let me show you what I did here. So there's no confusion here. I went to, so if you go to Indeed.com, right, you got careers or whatever, whatnot, search. But if you go to find salaries, boom, you'll see this right here. And you're going to type in, now normally you want an actual uh, role, but cybersecurity itself is not a role. Cyber, so just say cybersecurity specialist. And let's say, where is it? You said Philadelphia. So Philadelphia, Philly, Philadelphia. There we go. PA, let's say. We're going to search. And then there you go. Boom. So now the next thing you probably want to search is like the years. You said three to four years. But this normally these search engines have something like this. Some kind of, some kind of career specialist. 
uh, I mean, some kind of uh, breakdown of how much you make with each one of these things. All right. So you, if you go to Dice.com, it has one. Google, you could Google Jobs. If you go to Google and Google, just say Jobs, you'll find it there. Now, I talk about this in my one of my courses. Uh, I go pretty deep into this kind of stuff. And then I tell you like what to put on your resume and how to find a career path and all that kind of stuff. If you're interested in that, go to ComboCourses.com and check out my career stuff where it breaks all this stuff down. So... Yeah, so that this is this is a, a good idea. It's looking like it's around seventy thousand ish. That is is showing you, but you'd want to go into each one of these and look at the years. If that, I hope that helps. Okay, I'm gonna go straight to Tony Martin's question, who says, um, "I currently have two jobs, but I'm thinking of dropping one to focus my on my master's in information technology." management since my first degree is not it related i already have a cissp a ccsp and a cisa um do you think that's a good idea oh to drop one of the jobs and then focus on a master's degree um i can answer this question um i it, this is now tony this is just my two cents so you know i'm just going to give you my take on it um and it may not be right but it's just my opinion about it um in my experience in it information technology you know now to take it for what it's worth i you know i have a very narrow path of experience with this but i've been doing this i've been doing this since the year 2000 crazily enough wow that's i'm freaking old but uh, my, my the path that I've taken is mostly I do um, risk management framework, information system security officer work, but I have done a little bit of cybersecurity analyst work, and I have been a cybersecurity engine, engineer, working on uh, seams, putting together seams, um, and and stuff like that. And lately, I've been doing risk assessments for different companies, um, and that's been fun. So that's my experience. I have a bachelor's degree. Um, I have a bachelor's degree and I have an associate's degree. And I have a CISSP. Um, I've been able to make really good money. Now, the reason why I personally have not done a master's degree is because I do not want to be a manager. Um, I don't I don't have no desire to be a director or a manager or anything like that for a company. And from what I've seen... When you want to get a master's degree, when it's worth it, is when you want to go to a management type position. Because most of the jobs out there are are looking for management, are looking for people with a master's degree for management type positions. Now that's just that's just my two cents, and that's what I've from what I've seen. So once you once you become a a manager, you're looking at a significant jump in pay. Um, at my level, not being a manager type person, um, I'm I'm kind of I'm not capped. I mean, I I do get raises and stuff. I can go to another job, make more money and stuff. 
But the next big jump for me, like if I wanted to make a $20,000 a year, like a significant jump, I'm, I know that I need to do a manager type role. I do not want to do it. Um, I kind of did it in the military. I did not like it. Um, that's just me. So if I would say in my personal opinion, Tony, if you are planning to be a manager, um, if you're if you're a you know your worker, uh, you know mid tier work whatever senior level person, but you're not a manager and you're trying to go to the manager level and to make more money, yeah, it would be worth dropping what you're doing one of the jobs or whatever and then going for the master's degree. Um, but you did say another thing that interests me. You said I do not have a degree in IT. So if you already have a CISSP, um, is that what you said? Let me see. You said you already have a CISSP and a CCSP. I already have a CISSP and a CCSP and a CISA. So if I were you, just my just my two cents. I'm not saying that a master's degree is not valuable. I I definitely value a, a master's degree. But what I would do if I if it's a personal pursuit, man, yeah, go ahead and do it. But if you're trying to make money, if you're trying to make moves. Um, I would just go for a bachelor's degree in IT. That will give you, that should give you a little bit of a bump and pay. Um, if you're trying, if your strategy, you should have a strategy, by the way, have a, have a, like a five-year goal for your career. And that, you know, whatever you're trying to do, if you're trying to be a director or a manager, yeah, you're going to have to go for a master's degree. Like that, that's your next step. If you're just trying to get paid, you not necessarily have to have a master's degree master's degree um you pop just go ahead and get a, ma a bachelor's degree in it information technology or a bachelor's degree information se security or a bachelor's degree in cybersecurity, bachelor's degree in some kind of technical field some kind of technical cybersecurity software any engineering any kind of degree like that bachelor's degree Master's degree only if you're doing manage, management work in this field. That's just my two cents. Because that's the only way it's going to be worth your time. I'm just, I'm just being perfectly honest with you. I knew. Let me just give you some perspective. So there was a dude on our team. This has happened to me several times. There's a dude on our team who had a bachelor's, uh, master's degree. He came on our team. Um. I had a, a bachelor's degree, CISSP, and a couple other certifications, right? Um, I and I'd been work, I'd been doing this work at the time for like I don't know, sixteen years or something. Younger guy comes on, he's he's been doing this for about probably four years, three four years. He he's working on the CISSP, fails it, but he did have a security plus. And he he had recently got a master's degree. He passes. He got a master. He got a degree, master's degree. So they ended up. We're we're on the same team, same level, and everything. Um, the master's degree didn't really buy him anything. You know what I mean? It didn't give him any extra juice. He could have got. You know, I know this sounds messed up, but he could have just got a CISSP and and that would have put him 
it would have gave him the same kind of bump, maybe even better. But but he is prepped. He's he's on his way to becoming a manager because he has that master's degree. That master's degree seems to be the way to get your foot in the door for management type positions. So longer term, if his if his plan is to become a manager, he's you know he's one step above me already with that master's degree. If if he's planning on playing staying as a worker. The master's degree didn't really buy him that much, you know. Just my just my two cents about it. If I if I were you, I would I'd get a bachelor's degree in information. It's kind of technical, knowing what I know now. I get a bachelor's degree, um, and then you know, if you're gonna quit that other job, just it would be worth your time to get the bachelor's degree, and then get that done. Get either more pay with the bachelor's degree with some other position, or uh, get the pick up the other job and, and continue to make if you if you can if you have the stamina to do it, and then continue to to uh, excel from there. That's what I would do. Hope that answers your question. Uh, let me see here. Um, says uh, Nate says, uh, if if looking to apply. If looking to apply for a, a career that will require clearance, here we go with the clearance questions again. <laughs> Is it important to apply a year before I'm actually ready to move on or wait to apply when I'm actually ready? Let me see if I understand this question. Okay. Um, looking to apply for a career... In a job that will require clearance, is it important to apply a year before I'm actually ready to move on or wait to apply when I'm actually ready? So, okay, so I'm assuming what you mean is you want to make a move into a job. It requires a clearance. You don't have a clearance yet. You're saying, should I just go ahead and apply for it? And, okay, I, I'm trying to understand what you mean here. And I'm, I'm, Nate, I'm going to try to answer this question, but I think I need more context. Um, if you already have experience, um, applying for a job and is, is it important to apply for a year? So, okay. If the job requires a clearance, uh, a security clearance, um, I would apply for a different job that doesn't re require a clearance. That, I mean, that's what I would do. I would, I would apply for a job that makes comparable or close to the kind of pay if you already have the experience level and stuff to, to do this apply for another position that does not re necessitate a security clearance that's what i would do to continue to get your to get your um experience you know keep your experience going uh, but maybe you already have a position and you're now you're thinking about getting this other position that requires a security clearance I mean, it doesn't hurt to try. I mean, you could apply for it. I mean, there's no hurt to go for it, you know? I, mean, I hope that answers your question. But I need more context. Like, what what's your position? Like, are you working in IT now? Do you have experience already? What I need a little bit more information. Ellen Sin says, Do you do you think a person who is interested in IT has no experience can get in an entry level security position at a job in IT? If so, how do I build up my good resume to get a job that offers in IT? 
get jobs that offer IT. Um, okay, uh, so you, so I think I talked about this on another video. Um, it's security is not like an entry level type um, thing. Uh, normally, I know we, you know, a lot of people ask these questions, but I mean, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Security is not an entry level thing. Uh, normally, you have to come in with certain level of IT, basic IT experience, basic IT knowledge, solid, very solid IT knowledge is what you need. Um, that means what I mean is you need to have experience with the command line interface. You need to have experience not just doing word processing, but like fixing, troubleshooting uh, systems, that's whether that's a, a uh, you know, um, mobile devices or fixing um, desktops on an enterprise or servers or troubleshooting, like basic help desk troubleshooting. You should have some kind of networking knowledge, like how does it work? You didn't have to be a network engineer or anything, but you need to know how IP, uh, how to network computers together like how do ip addresses work uh you need to know you know how do ports how do ports work stuff like that that so there's a lot of different foundation you need to know because people are going to trust you with their information you know what i mean so you're in cybersecurity. you're going to be trust entrusted with the keys to the castle you know and so you 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 have to have some skin in the game like you have to have risked something like you have you have to have put your blood sweat and tears into this field you have to have something to lose for somebody to give you and trust you with bank their banking you know <laughs> information on their servers and stuff like that so it's not really entry level but to answer your question that said though you can still get into IT um, if you are trying to get into – you need a five-year plan, okay, for your career. I would say five-year – give yourself a five-year plan of what you want to do, right, and then aim for it. You're probably going to change a little bit as you go, but you need to have a aim. You're going to aim for something first of all and, and go in that direction, and then I'll give you a, a uh, an idea of what you want to do going forward. Or if you even want to do it, because you might not even want to do it. First off, another something I get often is like, "Oh, I'm I'm an educator. I want to go into uh, cybersecurity. What what's my first step? Right? What I want to make that money. I want more stability. I want I could see the writing on the wall. I want to go into a field that's like that's not gonna get killed with with uh, the global pandemic or whatever. You know, so." I'll, I'll often say to people like, well, you know, there's there's jobs that are not technical that are adjacent to IT, such as um, program managers make really good money and program managers make really good money and they're not it's not super technical, but they do. There's some technical stuff that they need to know, but it's not it's not IT. Let me show you program manager, how 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 dope this field is. Program manager in Philadelphia. Look at that. It makes more than what we were just looking at. This is program management. It's not technical. What do you what are, what is it required to get a program management job? And the thing is, we work IT guys work with these guys all the time. They have to know a little something uh, about the operations of the organization. Um, sometimes they have to know the jargon of the IT, but they don't have to fix 
stuff. They don't have to sit in IT meeting. Well, they do have to sit. No, I take that back. They do have to sit in the meetings. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's not super technical. But, okay, let's go back to your original question, though. How do you start in IT? If you just want IT, you don't, you want to do something technical, get an entry-level help desk job. Um, if you, and if you, you no know, nine times out of ten, you can't even get that with no zero experience. So you probably want to start off in your, in your house, like start off getting to know tight IT in your house, like start off at home, create a lab, start working on IT stuff to see if you even want to do it. Start reading books, go to uh, school for it go to a community college to see if you even want to do it like don't invest hundreds of thousand dollars in some degree that you're not going to use that you're going to change your mind go to community college go to do a vocational school try for a, a sit for a certification after you study for it you might not even want to do this you know what i mean um as far as volunteering getting experience you could volunteer if you if you are in doing community service in your community, sometimes they need an IT person to help them with the routers. Sometimes they need, you know, if you if you go to church, like they might need somebody to help them uh, set up the projector, and that projector is connected to a, a a network or a Wi-Fi connection or something. You know, there's there's certain places where you can actually volunteer to help out, so you can get the experience. To see if you even want to do it and if you want to pursue it even further, then you go off on your own and start studying that way. So there's – and if, you, if you're if you already working, if you're a student, there's things you can do at your school to volunteer at your local – at your school. Like there, there's careers in your school, some of whom are working students who you get paid to do the work and you, that stuff you could put on your resume. Another thing you could do is um, – Get if you uh, are like again if you're in a job for a bank or at a hospital or you're a medical biller or something like that. Go talk to the IT guys. Go talk to them and say, "Hey, I'm really interested in doing this IT stuff. What do you guys think? Do you guys think I should do this?" Ask them what they think about it. Now, I have a if you're interested in knowing a little bit further, I have a free course that talks about where to go like you have zero experience you don't have no experience right it's telling you this course kind of walks you through what kind of questions you should ask what kind of certifications you should think about getting go to convocourses.com the link is in the description below and then look for a course called it's called um Cybersecurity. It's called entry. What is it? I don't even know what my own course is called. <laughs> it's it's called entry entry level, and it's just talking about how do you get in? What do you do? What is the first thing? Cybersecurity entry level. Where to start? Because I get and the reason why um, I did this course is because a lot of people ask me uh, that same question. And I have to be honest with you, it's, it starts off with regular IT. It doesn't start off, you don't start off hacking stuff. You know what I mean? Like, to be honest with you, most, most I, cybersecurity people do not hack, you know? <laughs> they do not hack. Everybody thinks, it's oh, it's all hacking. No, it's, it's really not all hacking. Most people do not hack. Um, it's, it, there's so many other branches of it cybersecurity entry level, where to start. And what I'm telling you basically is you got to start, you got to crawl 
before you fly. You know, you got to crawl before you walk, before you run, before you fly. And that's, it's just walking you through, okay, what do you need to know at this level? What can you do from starting from zero? And then where do you go from here? So it's a free course. Check it out. It's very basic. Um, it's going to show you where to go, what to do, ideas on how to how to go about getting from here to from zero to hero. So the the work that it takes is on you. Now, I, hopefully, I have some very technical stuff coming soon. I'm um, not going to make any promises, but I'm working on in the background about some technical stuff. Excuse me that I'm that I'm wanting to put on the on combo courses that will walk you through literally like what to do from scratch and and walk you through how to how to get gain those cybersecurity skills. All right, let me see here. Other questions before I get out of here. Uh let me see. Two jobs. That was a good question. Okay. Here's a good one. Sebastian, Sean Sebastian says, your risk management framework course was amazing, man. I was, I was, wow. I was brand new to information system security officer job and I uh, was lost until, until I took your course. I've already been told by many, on many occasions that I'm one of the best ISOs. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome that people have ever worked with. Oh, man. Well, thanks. I'm glad to hear that. I'm really glad to hear that. Um, you have you are the recipient of years and years of, of troubled times. I had to learn everything the hard way. So everything I put in that course is stuff, is real world situations. It's based on the knowledge I put in. If, if you guys are wondering what, what he's talking about, I did this course called um, Risk Management Framework ISO Foundations where I talk about what – because a lot of times we get shoved into this position as a cybersecurity compliance officer or compliance person. That means like you are making sure the organization is compliant with certain federal regulations. Uh, in the U.S., normally that's done with the NIST Risk Management Framework process. You're thrown into this into a into a pack of wolves, and they expect you to just know things. And that's how I was taught. Like, I I had to basically learn by just reading manuals. That's what <laughs> I mean. I literally just read manuals. I was in the military, and I just they said, "Okay, hey, you're the." At the time, they called it an information assurance officer, and I was like, "What? Wait, what?" And then they gave me the role. Here's the role. They didn't even know. They didn't even know what I'm supposed to do, right? They gave me some general idea. The guy who was who who used to do it, he was on his way out and just kind of said, hey, here's what you do. He gave me the manual, and I was on my own. And I had to write system security plans. Um, at the time, it was called system security authorization agreements. Uh, wrote one from scratch. From scratch, like with a blank sheet and wrote it from scratch. I had to learn the hard way. So all my experiences of what you need to do are in this course. And and a lot of it, to be honest with you, is just working with other people. That's the, that's really the hardest part. The, the easy, the parts, everything else, 
you know, uh, the language is kind of can be kind of difficult. But once you got it, you know, I put it in plain English in the course. The hardest part is really just dealing with stakeholders and stuff like that. That's that's really the, the most difficult part. And me and some other uh, trainers are getting together and putting something together where it really it really tests you. Like we're doing something more practical. This course, the course we're making, I'm really excited about because it's I've never seen anybody do what we're about to do. Now, I don't want to give anything away. It's going to be great. And it's, you know, it's going to be really good. But in the meantime, this one right here is really good. The risk management framework one. That's what he's talking about. So, Sean, thank you. Thanks for taking it. Really appreciate you. Um, he says, hello, kudos, uh, but I owe you success in large part, uh, from your thorough course. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing, man. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, and then someone else says absolutely unrelated, uh, absolutely unrelated, um, skipped if deemed irrelevant. Okay says, what are the good elementary school districts affordable housing areas located between Peterson and Shriver Air Force Base in Colorado Springs? I can answer this question. There are none. <laughs> this place is super expensive, man. Colorado Springs is, is off the charts expensive. Um, the schools, eh, they're okay. Um what are the affordable – so if you want a more affordable housing, you're going to have to go south. Um, um, you have to go south. Like check out um, south of Colorado Springs. You could probably look look for a fountain and then just keep going south. And then the, it gets more affordable as you go south. Pueblo, more – Pueblo, fountain, more affordable. Um Colorado Springs, going north to Colorado, further north you go, the more expensive it gets. Um, the, the schools, it really depends on the area. Some schools are okay, um, to be honest with you. Um, it's they're okay. You know, they're getting better. They're getting better. They they have the marijuana money is being invest in being invested in the school system, so they're getting better. I would say there's definitely some bad schools. I mean, just like all the other schools in America, it really depends on the area. Like if the area is rich, then that school gets all the money because the because the money comes from property taxes. So if the property taxes are high and everybody's rich, then all that money gets donated into the local school district. But if you're in a poor area, unfortunately, there's not as much property taxes so basically you have this disparity so it's just like the rest of america essentially depends on the area and um it's got it's gotten really expensive so i imagine this, maybe the schools are better in colorado springs i don't know i haven't been there in a while uh let me see here probably not the right person to ask that question okay um there was a there was some other questions i'll answer and then um, i think i'm about to call it quits let me see here. Looking for. Thanks for all the questions, guys. I really appreciate that. Um, I really sometimes, you know, it's, it's crazy. I, I just didn't. I don't expect this much um, at 10 o'clock at night to have 
a bunch of people watching me. It's just it's kind of strange, actually. To be to be perfectly honest with you, it's, it's a bit strange. <laughs> um, but I'm glad that uh, we're able to build a community here. Where am I going? YouTube. I meant to actually answer some questions. And uh, I want to just answer a couple more that's coming from the actual comments. So I'm going to try to do that right now. I've been going for an hour and 20 minutes, which is about 30 minutes longer than I expected to go. So I'm going to answer a couple questions and then I'm. Um, I'm going to let you guys get some sleep. Uh, let me see. Okay, so somebody said, hey, Bruce, I came a long way since the last time I asked you, how can I get into IT? But anyway, I currently in community college for IT. I have some experience working as a student worker in IT department for a community college. That's awesome. Wow. Just so somebody's taking taking my advice right here. And also in the public school district, if I get my CCNA combined with the experience in associate as uh, and an associates in IT, could I land a knock technical network analyst position in the role? Yeah. So okay. Yeah, this is this see this is this dude's like really going for it. This is this is how you do it. So he's trying to get in the door, and the way you do it is just grind. And this dude's doing it. This is what I'm talking about right here. This is this is how you do it. And I would say to answer this question, it really depends on the state. Um, can you can you get a knock tech technician network uh, analyst or junior administrator role? It really depends on the state, but you will be able to get a job. I don't know if it's specifically this role, AO, um, but you will be able to get a job for sure. I, I would stake my career on that. Um, now, depending on how good the job will be or how quickly you can get a job really depends on what state you're in because some states, I'll just name a couple. Texas is pretty hot for IT. Certain parts of Colorado, of California are hot for IT. Um, uh, where else? Colorado is hot. Anywhere where there's a big city, any big city, most uh, not any, but most big cities have IT jobs that will that are looking for people like yourself who has experience as a working student, will have an associate's degree, and it's gonna, about to get a CCNA. You might even be able to get a remote position. To be honest with you, so. The answer is yes. I mean, yes, the answer is yes. Like a CCNA is no joke. Um, so, yeah. Um, but the hot states, though, uh, you'll be able to get a job much, much faster. This is this is right here. This dude right here is is living proof of of how hard work can get you a position. This dude's about to get a position for sure. What did he do? He or she went into uh, information technology in a community college why do i say community college it's just cheaper like you don't know what you're gonna do why rack yourself up with a bunch of debt when you don't even know if you're gonna pursue that career you know so start off with a community college get an associate's degree in information technology if you choose to do a bachelor's degree 
now you can spend less money at a accredited college to get the rest of your credits to get that associate that bachelor's degree because most of your credits will transfer from the community college to a uh, four-year university that's what I did I went to a community college first I got an associate's degree I changed career paths I was in the military at the time I was in the military as a cop so I, I did a security administrator uh, some BS degree I mean I know I'm talking crap about it but it was a it was a criminal justice degree um, it was first start off as a security anyway it doesn't matter I got an associate's degree and then I switched it and then went to a four-year college when I was absolutely certain I wanted to get uh, into IT and then was able to transfer my credits from the community college to there and then transfer some of my my credits from being in the military over and then I was able to spend way less money to, to finish out my degree and got a bachelor's degree and and a bunch of certifications and then just start leveling up from there just leveling up that's how you do it this dude had no experience before zero zero experience and now he's about to get a CCNA and go get a job uh, let me see. Let me see. I'm going to ask a couple more questions. New Jersey Love says, what is your advice for securing a job in the Fed and with the federal government? Do you have any three level? Is, is there any um, is there any particular branch of the government you had in mind or just any kind of federal job? Undergraduate and uh, in computer science, should I pursue a security plus a CISM uh, if if I want a governance and risk program management role? Have ten years of pro program management. So you're in program management, but you want to get into IT, and you have an undergrad in computer science. Um, how do you get into the Fed? Is that I hope that's that's accurate what I'm saying there. So let me see. How would you how would you do it from where you're at? So you're already in a pretty good position because you already have now this dude, I've been promoting pro program management to people because it's a pretty good job. Um, but he wants to go more technical, which is great. Actually, um a, a, a former coworker of mine was also in program management and he the way he did it was he got a security plus he got a security plus because the the military um because the federal government looks very highly upon security plus uh so security plus and you're a military vet oh man that's that's awesome even better so they hire vets like crazy so because we're hard workers so you want to do a security plus um, you definitely want to get some experience. Um, you definitely want to get some experience. You might even want to consider going in deeper into program management because program managers can make a can make bank, man. I don't know if you knew that, but program managers make bank. I mean, their 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 money is comparable to many IT jobs, um, and you already know it, like the back of your hand. So you could you could honestly. You probably make more money as a program manager with ten years of experience. Have you have you tried the private sector yet? You might want to look into the private sector as a program manager. They make bank, man. 
if I were you, unless you just really like IT, if I were you, if you haven't done so already, I would I would try for an IT job. I mean, not IT. I would try for a program management job in the private sector. Just put your resume, uh, touch up your resume, and then try for the private sector as a program manager. You, you let me let me just show you something. I was we were just talking. I don't know if you've seen my earlier part of my video, but we were just talking about this. And somebody every time somebody asks me, especially if they're not technical. I tell them, have you considered program manager? Because it really makes good money. Now it will help to know what state you're in. You said New Jersey. Okay. Watch this. Let me let me just let me see if I let me okay, maybe I'm a liar. Let me let me just blow your mind real quick. Program manager, and watch this. So program manager, and then we're gonna look at New Jersey. New Jersey. I bet you there's some jobs there for New Jersey. Well-being program manager. Not exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for like an IT program manager. But if you go to salaries, watch this. Okay, this is not. Okay, watch this. Program manager. We were just looking this up. And I'm going to type in. I'm on Indeed.com, by the way. And I went to find careers and I'm gonna type in New Jersey might have better opportunities in New York but yeah look at that I mean what do you say about that that's not bad I, I mean I don't know how good that is in New Jersey but in most states that's pretty good um, yeah so I, we were just talking about this so the thing is program managers in IT, we, we need IT uh, program managers a lot, especially those who have some know the jargon and know what's going on with system development lifecycle. Like they, they've been around system development. They've been, they know that it takes a while to develop things. They, they know, you know, they have some idea what a giant project what ha what goes into a pro giant project and how many how many uh how many people are involved with it and they have the maturity level to deal with all of these different personality levels and we need those guys to bring all this stuff together to get these projects done on time and under budget so program managers in IT are super important you might want to stick with it especially if you got 10 years of experience with it you would probably make more more money as a program manager than you would start off with in, in IT. I'm just being completely honest. It wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to get your Security Plus, to be honest with you. Uh, Security Plus or some other um, certification. I started a career as a system engineer. Even better. I mean, that means you, you have a full understanding of the system development lifecycle. Um, you know, so you'll you'll be gonna be able to speak the jargon. You're gonna you're gonna know what it takes to get things done. You're gonna have some idea of how to deal with the managers because one of the problems that we have is we need people who can talk to the technical guys, speak their language, and then go and speak to the managers 
and talk their language because they speak different languages. You know, they they talk different. They they have different priorities. They have different things that they're trying to do and everything. So the program managers are are gold, man, gold. And and um, another thing you might want to consider if you're not in New Jersey, there's a couple of really good states that you want to think about. Virginia, D.C., Maryland area pay uh, have a lot of jobs for what you do. Uh, so, yeah, there's program manager there. And this is just Indeed. You probably want to try LinkedIn. Better one's Dice. Another one's Monster.com. Try all of those and um, check those out and look for program manager jobs. Put your resume out there. Advertise yourself. Marketing, that's the, really the key. You put your resume together, tighten it up, make it for civilian speak. You know, don't put a bunch of military jargon in there. They they you know they they don't use a lot of acronyms and stuff. They're not gonna know what the hell you're talking about if you use a bunch of Air Force acronyms. You want to use their language, right? And if you want to know their language, what you do is go to a program manager's jo- uh, page, um, somebody who's posted their resume for a program manager. And then look at what they look at the language that they use, right? Especially the civilian ones who work with like um, SAIC or or um, I don't know Boeing or Ball Aerospace or or Lockheed Martin or or one of those giant global security type companies, because they'll have the language that you want to incorporate into your resume. I'm not telling you to lie on your resume or anything. I'm just saying. It, you need to translate your your program manager Air Force resume to the jargon that's used in the contracting space. And and once you do that, you're going to be h- highly marketable. And then what you want to do is once you tighten up your resume, put it everywhere. Put it on monster.com. Put it on dice.com. Put it on usajobs.com. Put it on uh, Indeed. Put it on CareerJet. Put it on LinkedIn, of course. Put on all of those, and um, and then you're going to get contacts. You're going to get people contacting you, and they, it doesn't pay bad, as you can see. It doesn't. It's not a bad career move. You know, it's it's paying pretty good. Uh, let me just try one more. Let me see. Colorado. Just curious if this thing's going to change. Why does it give me the same number? What the heck? Let me see. How about Another place you can go is called Glassdoor. Glassdoor.com. This is a really good site for searching for salaries. You just put in program manager. For those who are interested, I have a whole course that walks you through how to do this, what to put on your resume, and then how to advertise yourself. It's something I've done for years, and it's worked for me. Uh, after I got out of the, the Air Force, um, I I mean, I, I've not been without a job, a high-paying job uh, in a very long time. But, yeah, here's some jobs for program managers. Yeah, bunch of program manager jobs all over the place. And I'm on Glassdoor.com. I'm trying to see how much they pay. Oh, okay, here's one. Here's a program manager uh, with an uh, S uh, TSSEI that's in Dayton, Ohio, but they don't. Ohio doesn't really pay that good. Let's try Jersey, New Jersey. I don't know how many jobs New Jersey has for a program manager, but it doesn't hurt to try. 
and then how much they pay looking for pay it goes from this is a real huge stretch but it's looking like it's not too bad actually here's one check this out just to give you an idea this is in uh Montevale program manager from 86,000 to 112,000 yeah the private sector pays much better is what you're going to see <laughs> it pays pretty good so it's worth your time to look into it um yeah this one's 86,000 up to uh, uh, uh 112,000 uh, senior manager, this is probably you right here. This is a hundred thousand dollar to one hundred thirty thousand. Um, yeah, I would, I would definitely look into this. Program management is right in line with IT stuff because we always need them, especially on larger projects. And and those, I'm sure they, those guys get paid pretty good, as you can see. Now this is this one's a stretch. It's like from. 48,000 to 130,000. That's a pretty good. This is 119,159. You get the idea. That's just in Jersey, by the way. That's not even like this. Jersey, not the top, the hottest market for IT stuff. Um, but it's, it looks like it's paying pretty good. So I can't can't say that it's not. It's, I mean, it's not bad. And that's This one's 19 days ago. And this one's paying. And I don't see a pay on this one. But okay, anyway, guys, I gotta get going. Thank you guys for um, for hanging out with me tonight. I gotta get get done with this stuff and get some sleep for work tomorrow. And uh, thanks for all the great questions. Appreciate everybody. And. Uh